listening to Book Notes. Hello and welcome to episode number 41 of the Book Nuts Podcast. This is your podcast where we talk about books. Now, we do listen to audiobooks, but that doesn't mean you can't read the books. If you want to know why we prefer audiobooks, go back to episode number one. It explains it. We're not going to rehash all that here. But to give you a highlight, one of us has dyslexia and one of us is blind. And I can see. So you can kind of figure it out from there. What's what? But uh, that might be questionable. <laughs> that's true. Some of our audiences, well, no, I'm just kidding. We got the smartest audiences in the world. And if you listen to this podcast, I ain't just saying this to say, oh, I'm trying to listen up the podcast. It's been proven. It's been out there. People that actually read more books or listen to books in that fa- fashion are on the upper scale of the intelligence level. Not always. But it's there. So if you listen to this, odds are you're above average. So, And I knew that. That's why we love our audience here. But you heard that little voice in the background. That's not my inner voice coming out. It is the man with the plan. The one, the only, Mr. When I say Mr., I mean Mr. Like Mr. Mr. from the 80s. Jonathan. They do. How? Hey, it kind of gets into our book we're getting into here. Yeah, yeah, you guys, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you guys know this this week we're going to be going over the autobiography of Blackhawk. Uh, now, uh, uh, it, it was all his saying and everything, but a gentleman by the name of Donald Jackson kind of edited it and uh, wrote it down and made it like a book format. So, but yeah, it was. I think he, I, I think he, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, he, Blackhawk spoke it and, and that guy wrote it down. Yeah, correct. So yeah, that's what we're doing this year. Before I forget, and I forget this every now and then what the next episode is. The next episode is going to be a true book. We are going to discuss stuff we like about audiobooks, stuff we dislike about audiobooks, stiff stuff we wish would happen with audiobooks, and if there's any changes in how we listen to audiobooks from the other episodes. If you go back to some of the episodes, we've talked about that a little bit. Episode one we did, and I think somewhere in the single digits somewhere, we also talked about different stuff we use for audiobooks. So that's going to be then. But before I continue, uh, what I want you guys to do is I, I really want to tell you guys, uh, uh, we give Steve McLaughlin a hard time a lot, and he deserves it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he does a lot of work behind the scenes. You guys think, oh, he just comes on a show now and then, uh, and he talks for a little bit, and then he just uploads stuff. No, there's a lot of stuff he does you guys don't know about. And it does take some financial doing to do so. And the people all want him to go to all these shows. I mean, he's got two kids growing up, too. You know, that takes some money and time to do that stuff. So here's what I want everybody to do. One of two things. I want you to go to patreon.com slash podnuts and select the donate every month. Or this one's really easy, too. Just go to podnuts.com. And on the right-hand side, go down a little bit. And look where it says donate. You can do a one-time donation or recurring $1 a month. $1 a month. $12. That's it a year. Um, If if a lot of people would do that, you know, there's bigger things he wants to do. But 
money and time get in that way. So I really want people to do this. So I'm not going to harp on it anymore so we can get into it because uh, actually one of the things, the only time Dora really yells at me is when I try to harp on asking for money too much. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's what how, what he thinks about his shows. You know, uh, the only time I really hear anything bad is when he's like, "Stop harping on it so much. Quit asking for money so much." That's the way Door is, and that's why he wants to keep these. That's why he, we don't have true commercials in there. Um, we just talk about this. So, and, ju- and and the reason for this is because actually the podnuts.com slash Amazon does not work anymore. If you go to that link, you'll see why it doesn't work, but we'll just leave it at that. Exactly. So, now that we got that out of the way, Mr. Jonathan, how are you doing? Everything is going well. I'm back in the lovely state of Connecticut. I moved uh, somewhat recently. It was kind of abrupt. It all worked out. And uh, here I am. I'm actually back in my hometown, which is kind of nice. And not only that... um, you are not too far away from when you had your accident where you lost your sight, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm literally probably, I'm guessing, three to 500 yards away from where I got in my car accident. Man, um, I guess I blew it there on who's blind and who has dyslexia. But yeah. <laughs> Well, no, my, uh, it's funny because you know, since I grew up here, when I could see, I mean, I can, I can get you anywhere in, in my town. I know where everything is, even you know, the towns outside of my town. And... Where what's nice is where we live right now. We're like in walking distance of like three or four different parks. So I try to every day. I haven't in the past few days I missed, but I try every day to walk to the park with the kids. You know, and have some fun and play. And my daughter told my wife when I was around, she's like, "It's so cool. Like Dad knows where everything is." He says, "Like oh, the park is over here. You're gonna walk past this, and the park's gonna be there. Or oh, you'll see this building. We'll take a right." And she she just thought it was so cool that we could uh, get everywhere with me navigating. Yeah, you don't necessarily need eyes to have sight. Uh-huh, they're pretty deep and profound, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I do want something when you're walking around sometime. Um, it's going to take one of your kids and your phone for this, and you will need one of your kids to help you with this. Where you had your accident, I want you to stand there, if you can, as long as it's not dangerous. Take a picture with a big, just frowny, just like your <laughs> big, with a big fake frown, you know, just your, you know, yeah, grump. Yeah. Just a, I want that. Why? Just because, you know, I don't know why. Just so I can say I have it. When we when we walk down the street, I got in the car accident. I'm like, it's either the second or third telephone pole. That one's mine. <laughs> exactly. Now the telephone pole, you can kind of like be leaning against it or something. Exactly. See, exactly. See, now, a lot of people might think, man, Tracy, you are gruesome, and you're co-. no, you got to know who you're talking to. Okay. Uh, I think, I don't know if Jonathan has said this before, but I will say to him real quick, then we'll get into the book. Uh, when he had his accident and Jonathan lost his sight, he even told me before that it's one of the best things that's ever happened for him long term. So oh, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's, it's not a horrible thing for Jonathan. It's just something you got to suck it up, buttercup. And that's what I love about Jonathan. Uh, he lets nothing get in his way. Okay. Oh, I would do it all again. All right. Um, that's very profound because how many would I say that now to better my life? Would I go blind? Boy, that's deep. I'm getting, I'm getting out of the book here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, again, uh, this one is not going to have spoilers, non-spoilers. It's going to be kind of all in one. Uh, this yeah, is yeah. for an audiobook form. This is shorter. Uh, how long is this one? Let me look. I want to say I probably assume it like two hours or less. It, it was quick. 
Yeah, it's three hours, 33 minute audiobook. So as Jonathan listens to it, his speed, it took him about four minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it was overall book, good book. Um, it, it's my, my, and this is going to be a nitpicky pet peeve on the book. And when they show pictures and stuff of Blackhawk, they always show the pictures that was mocked up from him when he was older living off the reservation, trying to bridge the gap between the white man and the Native Americans. So he basically had the long hair you've seen parted down the middle, you know, with a, some type of hat on or headdress on, yada, yada, yada. But if you look at every picture of him when he was younger that was drawing, he had a mohawk or he had the little, uh, like, uh, little patch of hair sticking up in the back of the head, you know, every Oh, month. okay, okay. And now I know this is nitpicky, but they always show that one picture, you know, the quote, quote, governmentized picture, but they <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> don't, don't really show what he probably actually looked like when he was the man. And when I right. say he was right. the man, he was the man, you know, I mean, he's up there with like crazy horse. Exactly. You know? um, he wielded some power. Now about uh he was part of the the Salk Indian tribe. Um not the Sioux, the Salk. Um I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I apologize. Yeah, I think you are. They were kind of down in Kansas, Missouri, Ohio, kind of in that area. And give a high overtone down. Uh, excuse my language here, I don't know how to say this. They got screwed. Okay, they were. <laughs> That's putting it nicely. <laughs> they were, yeah. They were very, very peaceful. Very. They were farmers, for goodness' sake. You know, they hunted a little bit for meat, but they were farmers. White people came in. They showed them how to farm the land in the area. Then they says, "Okay, get out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you no, know? exactly. Now I know that's everywhere, but uh, uh, when you get to up here, you know, like Crazy Horse and you know Sitting Bull, and you get to the Sioux. You know, pretty peaceful, but they were warrior tribes. The Sauk were peaceful people. You know, the only time they would raise anything to go to battle is if somebody was trying to steal something of theirs. Very, very, and they would still try to do it diplomatically then. Very, very peaceful. And they just got stomped on. I have no other way of describing it. Yeah, I think in the book, if you know, my memory, my, my, I read this a while ago, but I think in the book, they actually came down from Canada, if my memory serves me correctly. And down from Canada, I believe, at least during the book when he was, you know, talking about that time period, I think they were in the Wisconsin sort of area. They came down from Canada into Wisconsin, I think. Correct. And then they kind of went down a little, they kind of, they were kind of down the, I don't want to say the Mississippi River, but some of the rivers around that area is where, because since they were farming, they wanted to have access to water. So, and plus, yeah. and plus they were kind of getting chased downwards anyways, because, you know, our, our government, they had a really nice, you know, we're, maybe we're jumping too far ahead, but they they built up they had themselves a nice setup there in Wisconsin and you know our government came in and said okay all you guys got to get out and they're like uh what and you know they're like you got to leave you got to go somewhere we don't care where you go but you need to get out of here and you know a handful of them tried to hold on but you know that's when they started kind of moving more south exactly so that's kind of the high overtone of the book uh did you want to go in a little bit about uh 
some basic high overtones. Now, this is a shorter book, so if we go over everything, we're going to completely destroy the whole book. So we're just going to get some key points yeah. here and there. Um, I will say I really enjoyed this book. I, it, it, a lot to me, a lot of autobiographies are, um, oh, look at me, look at me, look all I did. You know, that's what seems a lot of autobiography. That's why I don't like a lot of autobiographies. But this one was almost more of a history lesson. That I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and Blackhawk at, at no point in the book he was like, like you're saying, look at me, look at me. I mean, he was he was almost. Up, like in the background of all the stories, you know, uh, he he definitely didn't put himself in the forefront. Yeah, the only couple things I think he really talked about himself was a couple times he said he failed and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So other than that, that I, that's why I really enjoyed this book. It was in autobiographies, you got you know the detailed perspective, but it was almost like he just wrote a story about uh, him and the Salk. Yeah, well, one of the. Um... You know, one thing that was cool, it seemed like he was able to, he, he was one of those people It seemed like that he could make friends with anyone. Because at one point in the book, he was saying how he was dealing with an American general who would help him with, like, you know, getting uh, you know, food and, you know, um, uh, materials for clothes. You know, they, they would wheel and deal. But he also was friends with the general of England at the, at the time. And he'd be able to make deals with them, too. So he, he, he was able to kind of, he wasn't doing, a per, like, he wasn't, playing them against one another, but he was able to keep the peace between each sides for him and his tribe. Yeah, a very good diplomat. Very good. And it really shows on later in life when he goes to Washington. Uh, and uh, uh, if I remember, this was not in the book. I think Black Hawk, at the time of the whole Indian Wars, and they were brought, quote, quote, civilized, um, you know, up to about 1900. If I remember right, Black Hawk met more presidents than any other Native American. I I, I read that somewhere, and I, I forgot where I read that. Yeah, in the in the book, it, towards the end, it did mention how he, he took quite a few trips to Washington D.C. and tried, you know, working with the politicians there to try and, you know, make deals and stuff. Because I mean, really, throughout his whole life, he, he they they would. You know, get comfortable in a place, and then boom, it's, oh, hey, you got to move now. You know, get comfortable in a place, oh, hey, you got to move now. And and like you said, these guys were peaceful, and so, you know, our government and even uh, the, the British government, they would, you know, raid the camps if they wouldn't move out. And, you know, scare attacks, like, you're not going to move out, we're going to force you out. And so Black Hawk had to, you know, devise you know, plans of attack or plans of defense. And it was just funny, and the more he started, you know, the more he got into these uh, squabbles, let's say, the more he started to understand, like, even, like, wow, this American general, he's not a good leader. He doesn't even understand how to plan for an attack. But this British general, he's better, because I've seen him, how he sets up his men and all that. It was just interesting to see him starting to understand, you know, things like that, even though that wasn't his mindset at the beginning. Exactly. Have you ever read the book Art of War by Song Zhu? Yeah, that's really good. Um... It, you read a lot of tactics about the Native Americans and how they fought war back then, and they really, although they could, they never read the book. They really believed in that philosophy, all the philosophy of what Sun Tzu basically said. And the Americans were back in this Napoleonistic, you know, getting straight lines and formation and just march to your enemy and try to outflank them. Right. That's basically what they were doing. The Native Americans, like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> right, right. You know, and so that's one of the reasons. And you can, 
would come into it, you know, even saying, you know, in the Civil War was the same thing, you know, it, it sometimes, you know, you can even go all the way up to the Vietnam War doing the same thing, you know, they were trying to fight wars that were fought in the past, like the Vietnam War was fought like it was in World War Two. you can't yeah. do that, you know. So it, it it that's one of the things I think that's kind of changed in the American military now, but it was all very you know this worked let's do it again I I, I believe that's changed, uh, but back then it was like that and so how they fought and everything it was real Song Zhu you know studying your enemy you study 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 you find your enemy's weakness and you go to that weakness and yeah and you stick there. You know, and that's uh, basically a very high overtone taking a very good book, The Art of War, and summing it down into two sentences. But that's in concept basically what's going on. Um, but, yeah, so that Blackcock was kind of a master at that. Yeah, one one thing that I was, I was telling my wife about, I remember t- talking about it when after I read the book, I was like, I don't really understand this. So apparently Blackhawk and his tribe loved rum. Like, he would trade with, uh, I don't remember if it was, like, the American soldier or the British. I think it was the British soldier. He would he would trade rum with them. They'd, they'd get barrels of rum, and they would trade them, you know, whatever it is they're going to trade them. But the American soldiers would trade whiskey. And Blackhawk kept telling the American soldiers, don't bring whiskey. I get, for whatever reason, the, the, his tribes would get hooked on the whiskey and get drunk all the time. And then... Then the leaders of the, of the families in the tribe would be so hooked on the whiskey, they would start trading away like their you know stuff for clothing and their other supplies for the winter, and they'd start trading that stuff away to get more whiskey. I don't get why rum was good and whiskey was bad. Yeah, that boy, that I don't know. <laughs> no, okay, no, like, no it, spiced it, rum. I do like myself some spiced rum. That stuff's pretty good. Yeah, I don't. I, like I said, I don't know why he was like, "We'll trade for rum all day but stop bringing the whiskey." I don't. I don't. I, I don't know if it's something about the whiskey. I have no idea what it was, but that was one of the downfalls for Black Hawk and his tribe. And the American soldiers didn't care because they, you know, they would just, you know, not listen to Black Hawk. And the American soldiers would trade with the other tribesmen. And like I said, they would be trading away stuff that they needed, but they wanted the whiskey instead. Yeah, well, whiskey could be made here, and rum was basically made with the leftover sugarcane stuff down, you know, in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. So, so the U.S. had a lot more vested interest of giving whiskey. And besides that, you know, if you're going to weaken your enemy, do it that at the same time. Exactly, exactly. So, um, like we said, we're not going to, like, ponder on this book. Basically, this book goes through uh, what he kind of did growing up different stuff he's done you know during the whole interview if that topic even remotely interests you grab this book um if if you know if you're a little bit of a history nut grab this book um and if you're an audiobook person it's three and a half hours this is one night sitting down one night and turning off dancing at the stars and you, you will knock out a very very good book scale of one to five or, or no we're at ten i'm sorry a scale of one to ten, I, I am a eight and a half, nine. Even though it's short, I really, really liked it. Yeah, I was gonna give it an eight. It's it's definitely a good book and worth reading for sure. Yeah. So there you go. The autobiography of Blackhawk by Blackhawk. But like we said, it was uh, written by Donald Jackson, who listened to Blackhawk and everything, and edited it down to, to make you know, kind of uh, so it wasn't big run on sentence basically. 
Yeah, dictated. That was the word I was looking for. He dictated it to him. There you go. Throwing out those big words on me. <laughs> All right. Any last thing before we kill this episode up, Mr. No, Jonathan? I think that's good. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to episode number 41. We're 41 already. Man, a few more and we're at my age. <laughs> well, we're a couple months away from that. So, but, uh, but yeah, but hey, thanks everybody for listening to this episode. Taking time out of your busy schedule, downloading and listening to this episode. Thank you, everybody. Everybody have a good day. Good week. See ya. Hey, this is Martin Obando from Geeksters on the Podnuts Network. Thank you so much for listening to the show right now and supporting the Podnuts Network. We can't do it without you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, something that tickles your fancy you want to ask us about, you can reach out to us at geeksters at podnuts.com. You can always listen to us. We're going to be here all the time trying to figure out what's going on with the world of computers. Hey, don't forget to be grown out there. Thanks, guys.